Standing in the Gap, Standing Under Fire with Josh Tompkins, a biblical Q&A that provides listeners with biblical answers to many of their toughest questions. I'm your host, Mike Cross. Josh, since predestination is God's plan from the foundation of the world and means that God has ordained all things that come to pass and can be found all throughout Scripture and is apparently highly debated and controversial, how can we apply predestination? That's a very good question on the application of predestination because most people don't think there's any application at all. Many Christians would rather not talk about it. They see it as best left alone. It's some kind of forbidden theological fruit. Um, it's a debate that's best left for seminary classes and has no bearing on our everyday life. But I disagree. I think it's an incredibly important and incredibly practical doctrine. Uh, basically, I, I think it's a beautiful doctrine, and I think we can apply it in several ways. I think this is the reason we need it. We need to talk about it. We don't need to hide it somewhere like it's something bad. We need to talk about it. And I want to give you just a couple reasons why and how it's practical and why we need it in our churches and in our teaching. Uh, number one, I believe it's practical because it's a God-exalting word. Uh, for me, it's a doctrine that makes God God. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. He can do what he wants with me, what he wants with the world. He created it. He created me. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. And that's what makes him God. God can do what God wants to do. Uh, he's no puny God that is handcuffed by the wills and the whims of man. He plans it. He accomplishes it. And there's nothing anybody can do to thwart him. And that, that's a big God. I like that. I, like, I want to be a big God preacher, a God that we can't even fully comprehend, a God that our minds couldn't make up, uh, a, God, a God that we can't even wrap our minds around. And that, that proves to me that he's no idol that we've made up, that we can understand, that we can figure out. But he's so much bigger than that. I, I can't figure out God. I can't figure out how God works. Uh, I've got a sinful understanding of fair, right, and good, but God is God, and he's no puny God. He's no small God, and, and God is, is big. I like that. It's a God-exalting word, and the bigger God is, the smaller man is. So it's not only a God-exalting word, it's a man-humbling word. This word puts us in our place. We aren't in control, God is. We aren't ruling the world, God is. We aren't ruling our own lives, God is. We aren't in control of our own destiny, God is. We aren't even electing our own officials. God's the one who puts them in place. God isn't on our level. It's not even close. This is a man-humbling word that we see how big and mighty and powerful and glorious God is. And we see how lowly we are. That's where we need to be. And when we do that, it gives us the third way that it's practical is that it's a worship-producing word. When we see how low we are and how high God is, it, it exalts God. And when our hearts go out to God to worship him, and, and this is scriptural. You see Ephesians 1, Paul talking about predestination. Uh, very quickly, he goes from doctrine to doxology. I love that. He goes into praise. He's talking about something deep and theological. And all of a sudden he's saying, blessed be God. You read Romans 11, a full book of doctrine. I mean, it's God's doctrine. It's God's theology. And after that, after he's finishing it up at the end of Romans 11, he has just finished up a long, long treatise on, on doctrine, even on predestination. And what does he say? Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known, who can know the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. 
So you see what he's doing there. He ends that, that doctrine with, again, doxology and praise. This word ought to lift our praise and devotion to God. It ought to cause our hearts to soar to God. This isn't just some mind game. This isn't just for some seminary classroom. We need choirs studying this word. This is worship producing to the praise of the glory of his glorious grace. Fourth, it's a, it's a comfort producing word. Charles Spurgeon said this doctrine was what he laid his head on at night. The fact that God is in control of all things. That, that's comforting to me. That God controls all history. That the world isn't in random chaos. That there's, there is a design and order and purpose to all things. That, that comforts me. That at death, to know that God has a plan and purpose. In sickness, God is working this out. In, in times when the church is struggling, that he's building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. It brings me peace and calm to know that God is in control of the events and circumstances of my life. Down to even the very hair of my head. This is incredibly practical, personal, even pastoral. I need this doctrine in the hospital room. I need this when you hear of the death of a loved one or the death of a child. I can't face life without predestination. And lastly, it's, it's an evangelism stirring word. Some say it stifles evangelism, that God has it all figured out, so why should we evangelize or why should we pray? But no, this emboldens our evangelism, that God has, hasn't just planned the end, but he's planned the means to accomplish that end, and that we're the means to the, to the end. We're the preachers. We're the ones sharing. It's our job to go out. It's our job to pray, knowing that when we go out, it, it's going to be successful. There's power in knowing that God is in control of my efforts, that I share and God accomplishes. I water and God gets the increase. There's success guaranteed in that, that it's not in my hands. It's not in my technique. It's all up to God. That, that's so freeing and so powerful. And I know that God has, has used predestination to cause some of the greatest moves in the world. The revivals and reforms and missionary movements in history have all been by men who believed and stood firm on this doctrine and this word, predestination. It was the case of the Church of Pentecost. Peter preached it in Acts 2, and 3,000 souls were saved. The Reformation Age, the Puritan Age, the Great Awakening Age, the Victorian Age, on and on and on. You name me a great preacher, missionary, hymn writer, theologian, and I'll give you a guy that stood firm on the doctrine of predestination. We stand on the shoulders of these giants when we believe this doctrine. And it's not just the historical giants, it's the biblical giants. Paul believed it, Peter preached it, Jesus preached it, John 6, Matthew 11, and others. So this isn't just a doctrine for seminary class or for a Starbucks Bible study. This is a word for everyday Christians. Everyone needs to hear this truth because it's incredibly practical. And one last thing before we move on. We couldn't possibly cover everything about this word in five questions. And I know this is going to cause some confusion. I know this brings up a thousand more questions. It might even cause some anger. And that's okay. But my prayer in answering these questions for, for you, the listener... Two things. I want you to think about it. I want to get your mind thinking about how glorious God is. And I want you to grow from it. Whichever side you fall on, I want our hearts and our minds to be enthralled with who God is. Thanks for that. And again, that's Josh Tompkins, pastor of West End Baptist Church. We love hearing from our listeners and hope to hear from you soon. If you have biblical questions and would like to have them answered, log on to our website at www.westendbsg.org and leave them there. And feel free to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by logging in and searching for us using at West End Baptist Church. Mm-hmm.